Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, it is no time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. On the air for the first time in 2021, Top Rope Nation, episode 191. My name's Ryan Drosty, and I am joined tonight by my sidekick, Mr. Kyle Ross. Talking for the first time on air this year, although obviously we talk almost every single day via text, but Kyle, I mean, how's your uh, how's your 2021 going? And uh, tell the listeners what you've been up to since our uh, our last show two weeks ago. Whew. What have I been up to in 2021? Uh, watching a lot of television, I guess. Uh, not just wrestling, uh, playing catch up furiously uh, for this first pod of the new year. Happy New Year to all the listeners out there, by the way. But obviously a lot of football as well over the weekend. So yeah, I've been glued in front of the tube and getting real fat. Uh, <laughs> ate a bag of Doritos, you know, ate a small mini bag of Doritos right before we hit play here. That was real smart. I'm sure. I don't even know why I did it, quite frankly. Had to turn off the webcams because he was just spraying Dorito crumbs all over his cam and couldn't barely see him anymore. So I yeah, said, right. Kyle, we're not doing video for this show. Nah, I, truthfully, yeah. I think I just look like shit right now. So, <laughs> so what you're saying, Kyle, is uh, so far your 2021 has not included trying to overthrow the United States government. You haven't been a part of that. No, it hasn't. And, uh, you know, on that note, I'll say this. Uh, it's a good thing Val Venus is a porn star because, boy, do his takes eat ass, huh? Oh, boy. He's real bad. Real bad. We had a tweet uh, to him from the uh, Top Rope Nation Twitter account the other day. That was me, by the way. I'll claim responsibility for that one. But uh, you guys can check that out at Top Rope Nation. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we were we were getting ready to record last week. What would have been the first show of 2021, uh, I guess it was the day after the attempted uh, coup of the U.S. government, and it was just really hard, obviously, to pay attention to pro wrestling last week here in the United States, and we decided we're just going to kind of take the week off. We didn't want to put out a crappy show, and we our minds were elsewhere, and we were trying to catch up on wrestling, and just, it wasn't a good mix. It was It was a bizarre week. It was a sad week here. Here in our country. So we took the week off. Our last show was the best of 2020. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We felt like, you know, that that was a show that people could listen to last week if they hadn't heard it already. And, you know, it was still timely. We're looking back at the, the full year that was 2020. And, and now we're ready to dive into 2021. Look, I, no judgments here, but I, I could not watch AEW that night. No, last Wednesday live, and I really look forward to AEW. I've you know I've said it all the time on this show. It's it's the one weekly television show that um, you know I make it a point to watch live. And I was like, can I look at the wife right now and be like, you know, I'm going to flip on Dynamite? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it was I, I just I was like, you know, I made a business decision. And look, uh, if you chose to watch Dynamite or you chose to watch NXT that night. That's cool. I'm not going to sugarcoat you. I'm just saying I couldn't. I know Ryan couldn't and Justin joint. By God, uh, you know, we miss you here today. And uh, I know he couldn't either. 
No, I mean, yeah, Justin will be back next week, by the way. So looking forward to getting the trio back together next week. But yeah, it, it was uh, kind of the same for me. I don't know that I have watched that much wall-to-wall news coverage for days on end since September 11th attacks, to be honest with you. I mean, I just couldn't look away from the news. It was just so sad watching what was going down. And like you said, I mean, it wasn't just us. If you look at the uh, viewership last Wednesday night for AEW and NXT, it was like hard to justify watching watching pro wrestling that night. And then it was the next day. We usually record on Thursdays, and we hadn't seen everything yet. So we just kind of felt like we we couldn't we couldn't accurately do a show that would be worthwhile for the listeners. We want to put out quality content, so we made that executive decision take the week off. But we're back now, so and ready to rumble. Unlike the WWE, I believe. <laughs> that's for sure that's going to be our leading topic uh we've got we've got some criticisms as wwe heads into 2021 here but what else is new <laughs> hey objective we're objective on this podcast and i think there's a definite reason to be frustrated a, a new year right and same old takes <laughs> that's for sure so before we get into that Ladies and gentlemen, of course, as I said at the top of the program, this is episode 191 of this program. Started the show back in July of 2016, closing in on episode 200. And if you're listening for the very first time, or if you're a longtime listener, whether it is on, you know, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts, please be so kind as to subscribe and tap the five-star rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a written review. It helps us out so, so much. If you leave us your Twitter or Instagram username in that review, I'll reach out to you so we can send you a free Top Rope Nation die-cut sticker in the mail. So help us out, and we'll send you a free gift. And uh, check out our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Nation. We are posting videos of Every single podcast we do, except this one, as we mentioned a minute ago, this one is not going to be going up on the YouTube channel, but uh, we will be doing a post show of the Royal Rumble later this month, and that will be a live show on the YouTube channel. So hopefully you guys can all join us on that night, January 31st. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. And if you'd like to support the show in the best way possible, gain exclusive bonus content like our monthly bonus podcast, Top Rope Nation Classics, and our weekly live feed, members-only uh, live feed as we record the show each and every week, and a free gift for joining, check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Nation. You can find the link here in the description of the podcast. And I do want to give a special shout-out to our newest member of the Patreon page. Shout-out to Michael. Thank you so much for your support and joining the Patreon page. We greatly gratiate greatly greatly appreciate that and i want you to say yeah (laughs) i did want to take a couple of seconds here a couple of minutes maybe to uh go over some changes we made to the patreon page that were demanded by the current patrons of the show so with the new year starting we talked about um kind of kind of making some changes to uh how we were running the patreon page we we reached out to the members and said what do you what do you want to see added you know, are you satisfied with what we're giving you right now? And they were, but they had some good ideas for for what we could add uh, to the Patreon page. And so I, I posted these changes, oh gosh, I guess over a week ago over on our Facebook discussion group, but I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the air because we didn't do a show last week. So there are four tiers now on our Patreon page. There's a $1, a $5, a $10, and a $20 tier. 
It's a monthly charge, okay? So if you wanna support the show at the $1 tier, and first of all, actually, let me just preface this by saying, I'm not trying to make this sound like a money grab or something like that. We're not getting rich off of Patreon, no matter how many members we have. The reason we have the Patreon page is if you like our show, it's a way for you to get more content than just the weekly podcast. It's a way to interact with us more. And it's just a way to support the show and our growth. Uh, you guys probably are well aware that there are hundreds, literally hundreds of wrestling podcasts. And uh-huh. <laughs> it is very hard to get noticed. The only way we can get this show out to new listeners really is to advertise the show, which you know obviously costs money. So when you join our Patreon page, you're helping our budget so that we can advertise the show and get more listeners. You're, you're helping us out so we can invest in new equipment. Uh, I got a new microphone last fall, largely due to our Patreon money, and we appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think maybe Kyle is next up to get some new equipment. He's had the same microphone for quite some time. So maybe we can help Kyle upgrade his equipment. We'd like to maybe get a, a mixing board so we can take live calls. That would be a lot of fun oh. during our shows. So, you know, Patreon is the way to make that happen. And to be quite honest with you, I'm competitive. I check our downloads, you know, every single day. And I want to I want to see this show grow. And if if we're just if our downloads are staying the same every single month, it kind of gets to the point where, you know, why are we doing this? I don't want to just talk into an echo chamber to the same people year after year after year. I want more and more people to find the show. And really the only way to do that is to advertise it. So if you want to see this show continue on for years to come, you know, investing in our Patreon page is definitely the best way to help us out and make sure that Top Rope Nation continues into 2022 and 2023 and so on. So with all that said, here are the tiers. For $1 a month, you can join the opening match tier. What do you get for $1 a month? You get a personal thank you shout out on the air like I just did for Michael. You get a free sticker in the mail and you can participate and patron-only surveys, which impact the direction of our show. And I put surveys up there for our book club, which I'm about to mention for one of our other tiers. I put show, uh, I put surveys up as far as what do you want to see out of the Patreon page. I put surveys up on our Top Rope Nation Classic Show, stuff like that. You can participate for $1 a month, all right? The, the most popular tier right now, although I think that might be changing, is the $5 per month tier, all right? This is our mid-carter tier, it's called. You get everything you would get at the previous $1 tier, plus access to the Patreon-exclusive live video stream each and every week as we record the show, so you get the show early. You get access to the Patreon-exclusive bonus podcast, Top Rope Nation Classics. We've done numerous bonus podcasts for Patreon. There's over 20 of them in the archives. You unlock all those the minute you sign up for the $5 a month tier. You also get the early release of the show. So not just that live video feed, but after I mix the show on Thursday evenings, I post the audio file with all the ads removed, by the way. Here on the main... Yes. So, Kyle, you don't have to whiz through the ads. You know, we're part of the Blue Wire Network. Those ads help us... sponsors. Yes. Those sponsors help us pay the bills, too. You know, but for... If you're you're donating money to our Patreon page, you're going to get the show without ads. All right, and you get it early, the night before it releases to the world, ad-free. Um, you also get access to an exclusive Facebook group. So we do have the Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion Group on Facebook. Uh, but there's a Patreon version of that that only patrons have access to with a little risque content over there, if I do say so myself. Oh. A little more open on that one because it's closed off to members only. I don't mean risque as in Kyle's appearing with his pants off or anything like that, but... Uh, 
you know, more choice language used for sure, <laughs> as well as uh, talking about the direction of the show where you ask for ideas on what you guys want to see each and every week. So you impact a creative direction. Uh, you get producer credit. So on our, our video feeds there on uh, YouTube, there's a scroll at the bat at the bottom of the page. Your name is on every one of the shows and you get access to our show notes every week. So all of that for five bucks a month. I mean, I mean, think about it. If you saw us out at a bar post COVID and you wanted to buy one of us a beer, I guess the cost of beer these days, Kyle, like five bucks a month, that's actually cheaper than buying one of us a single beer, <laughs> five bucks a month. All of that, uh, that, you know, great way to support the show. I would say the biggest changes we made is this next tier. And, you know, before, to be honest with you, last year, like really the only reason, if you joined our Patreon page, like the $5 a month tier, that was where you got everything. Like that was, that was the best, best one to join. It really had the biggest draw. But now I feel like we have real um, good reasons where people might want to consider the $10 a month tier or even the $20 a month tier. And this was dictated by the members of the Patreon page. So I asked them, what could we add to a $10 tier that would make you want to upgrade? And 100% of them said the number one thing they wanted was this book club idea, that if we added that, they would upgrade. So as part of the $10 per month tier, the main eventer tier, over on Patreon. You get everything on the $5 tier. You get everything on the $1 tier. Plus, you get... There's some sound effects in the background. Plus, you get access. Here it is. $10 a month. A monthly Zoom hangout with the host. Myself and Kyle and Justin. Once a month. Anything goes. We get on Zoom. We just hang out and chat with you guys. Enjoy a few adult beverages. Talk wrestling. Talk sports. Politics. Whatever's on your mind. We'll just hang out. It says monthly Zoom hangout with us. You get access to that, the $10 a month tier. And then you get that Top Rope Nation book club. And not only is it a book club, but it also comes with author question and answer sessions. So right now, I have a poll up for our Patreon users. And there's four books. And based on the book that we choose for our quarterly book club, these are people where I understood that I could get them for a Zoom question and answer with our patrons. All right, so based on the book that we choose, we'll be doing this book, book club for three months, and we'll be talking about the book at those monthly Zoom hangouts. When we get done with the book, the wrestling books, by the way, we'll invite the author on for a question and answer session on Zoom with the patrons, exclusive for you guys. You can ask these people questions. All right, so I think that that was a big draw. That's going to be a lot of fun. You're Ooh. also going to get access to merchandise giveaways at the $10 a month tier. Every single month, I'll do a drawing for just the $10 patrons. It'll include WWE, AEW, UFC, and Top Rope Nation merchandise. Kyle, you looking forward to these Zoom hangouts we're going to be doing? Of course, I love talking to our listeners. Heck yeah, man! I'm look. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got to we got to nail down the date for January because we do already have some people at that ten dollar a month tier. So we're going to hang out with them here in the next okay. couple of weeks. And lastly, the Hall of Famer tier, twenty dollars oh. per month. The Hall of Famer tier. The Kyle Ross special. Here it is. You join the $20 a month tier. There are only 10 spots at this tier. I had to limit them. You'll understand why here in just a second. As part of that tier, you can have a guest spot on the show once per quarter, if you'd like. Let us know when you want to come on, be a guest panelist. We'll invite you on the show. Secondly, a wrestling media and podcast training session with myself. So I mix the show. I've been doing podcasting now. For several years. I've also been writing about wrestling 
online for several years. Right now at comicbook.com, but I've been at various other sites over the years. So I'll do a one-on-one Zoom session with you. If you join this tier, I'll teach you how to mix a podcast. I'll teach you how to get a podcast out there in front of listeners, just basically how to create it. I'll give you tips and tricks on how to get into the wrestling media. Anything you want to know, pick my brain, right? I'll lead you through. I'll share my screen, show you how to mix an audio show. Whatever you want to know, one-on-one. If you've been wanting to launch a podcast and have some success with it, this is a good way to get some good training. It'll be really awkward when I join this tier. (laughs) Yes. Then I'll be passing off the mixing capabilities to uh, Kyle. And... Here's, here's what I think is really cool about the $20 a month tier. Every six months, I'm going to send out a merchandise bundle to our $20 per month patrons. And that's going to include two pieces of Top Rope Nation merchandise. It might be a shirt and a sweatshirt. It might be a hat and a shirt. Something like that. But every six months to the Hall of Fame tier members, you're going to get a Top Rope Nation merch bundle for, for supporting us right there at our, at our top tier. So those are the four tiers. You can read through the full descriptions. You know, I just I tr- kind of tried to summarize it without taking up too much time. But we, we put a lot of time into reorganizing this, giving, you know, some features that people asked for and what they said in the survey and everything. And so I had to dedicate some time on the show to talk about it because I'm pretty proud of what we put together here. So, again, the link is in the podcast description if you want to check that out and read through it and see if it's something for you or not. You know, no pressure either way, but uh, it's definitely the best way to ensure that this show continues into the coming years. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. All right, Kyle, let's talk about it. WWE, the big topic has been the return of Mr. William Goldberg, a, a divisive figure on this podcast over the last Four and a half years or so, if I do say yes, so. Yes, uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> this podcast has now been around, let's see, we started 16, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is technically our sixth year of existence, yes. if you're just counting by years. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll only be celebrating, I guess, our five-year anniversary proper later this year, right? Because we start, but we, we've been around for six calendar years. Three presidential administrations. How yes. about that? Wow, yes, yes, as we caught the tail end of Obama for a second. I was yeah. like, have I been napping? Did I miss somebody? Um, <laughs> has there been an impeachment? But uh, uh, Bill Goldberg's return to WWE, this is what I'm getting to. Let's bring the focus back to the athletes, everybody. Uh, his his uh, second WWE run is basically as long as his podcast has been in, in existence, which is kind of insane. This is very insane. He's not around on a weekly basis like we are, obviously. But uh, it's pretty crazy to think that Bill Goldberg's second WWE run um, is almost double the length of his initial WCW run. Oh, my God. It's true. Right? Like 97 to through 2000? Because he was off TV for Uh a good bit before they shut down. So, yeah. God dang, that's right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say most of the reaction to his return, which, okay, regardless of what you think about you know, him being the challenger to Drew at the Royal Rumble, that return was just terribly booked. Bill was confused out there. <laughs> I don't see. Now, hold on. It was, that wasn't his. He was hung out to dry. If I mean, if we're to believe Meltzer and some of the other reports, you know, the, the, the thing was, Drew was supposed to cut a promo. Apparently, him and Keith Lee went long in the match, and they had to cut the promo. And Goldberg comes out and rebuts 
to a promo that never happened. Yes. Exactly. But 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 like he, he's put the top like what's he supposed to say? You know, I mean, you know the way WWE is. You're god damn it, we wrote these words down and you're gonna say them. Well, like he was watching the show though, right? Like he had to understand that. Meltzer that, made it seem like <laughs> Meltzer in his review made it seem like he didn't know. Oh my god. Well, like I said, he was booked he was booked horribly. <laughs> and it didn't make sense at all, you know, what he was saying out there. For sure. I mean, he comes out and talks about how Drew was not respecting the legends and everyone watching it is like, what? Nothing like, happened does he, think he Does he have Drew McIntyre confused with Randy Orton? Yeah. So, all right. You, you know, we, we've talked about him before. I, I know that, like, Justin and myself are not big Bill Goldberg fans. Never have been. Going back to 97. Uh, and, you know, to see him out here 54 years old at the second or third biggest pay-per-view of the year challenging Drew McIntyre... It's not ideal. Not ideal. I don't want to see him out there. And I think I have an idea what you're going to say. What I will say is that rather than bringing back a legend, honestly, I'd just rather see someone just completely out of the blue challenge him from the existing roster versus a Bill Goldberg return. Uh, now, go. I'll let you go ahead and talk because I, I know what you're going to say, I think. Okay, uh, see. But go ahead. It's funny the two options you're weighing. Uh, to be fair, what you're saying, those are the two options they have right now. Mm-hmm. But that speaks to what my issue is here. Uh, my complaints with this match are really not specific to Goldberg at all. I view Goldberg as almost a window into the soul of the modern WWE. Yeah. There's nobody built up for this spot. And that's why Goldberg's getting it. Um, and that's the problem. So, I mean, you can hate Goldberg or not like him all you want. My rebuttal is, well, what was the other option? And, right. and I, I just don't think there was one. You know, Justin Joint, who's not with us today, but, you know, I think has very underrated instincts. And I know you can verify this, Ryan, because you were on part of the text thread. It was several weeks ago. He texted the both of us just out of the blue. Remember this? And mm-hmm. he's like, who's Drew McIntyre's challenger going to be at the Royal Rumble? And you and I were like, I have no idea. They're doing this, you know, thing with Sheamus and Keith Lee as two buddies that don't get along. But that didn't seem like a Rumble thing. And and it wasn't. And that's the problem. You've got this huge roster. You just had a draft, by the way, where theoretically you were supposed to create these new fresh matchups. And (laughs) to this point, none of those have arisen. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what does Vince do? He brings in a legend. Yeah, it's such an indictment of the booking that they have nobody in the pipeline. I understand it from that point of view. They just they don't have a a star for him to face at a big pay-per-view like the Rumble. I would have rather seen him work Sheamus, to be honest with you. Wow. (sighs) Much rather seen that. But I, I get it because of the star power problem. And again, it's an indictment on on the booking that they haven't built up anybody that would fit in the spot. I mean, if the, if we still had the traditional pay per view model, it makes sense that oh, we need someone like Bill Goldberg, you know, to pop our pay per view number. But it's just not really how the business is anymore. So I just don't get it. I don't. I'm. Well, I don't want to see it. It, well, it means you- nothing to me. Well, see, here's the sad thing. I don't know how much it would pop a traditional pay-per-view. Well, that's true, too. That that's kind of gets into a point I made on Twitter that 
and I know he couldn't work at that point in time, but I think the, the correlation I used was like, this would be like if WWF, you know, brought back uh superstar Billy Graham to work in like 98 or 99 or something, you know, like years removed from their prime. He would have been about the same age as Bill Goldberg at that moment in time. And we've talked about this on the show before, you know, in the 90s, they didn't talk about wrestlers from the 60s and 70s like ever. And it's just like today they constantly talk about the 80s and 90s and it's they just don't have the stars in recent years and they they always go back to that. I know the audience is older now so they know the audience remember those people. You know, back in the 90s there was a lot more younger people watching than there are now so they did they weren't as familiar with like the 60s and 70s plus there wasn't cable back then so you know it was a little bit different for sure it's not a perfect correlation I, I just think it's like it's it's so odd when you think about how long it's been since 97 and 98 you know like well, we're almost a quarter century away from that from Goldberg's height well yeah and you know, to be clear we're also more than a decade past Seamus's debut if you want to uh, yeah, yeah. you know examine that it's funny Everything you just said, I think, kind of speaks to what I was saying. And there's a larger picture here beyond Goldberg. Whether, you, you know, if you just don't like Goldberg, I, I, I get it. And I want to preface with uh, everything I say with one thing. Goldberg beating McIntyre would obviously be very terrible. And yeah. I saw some people speculating, oh, he's going to beat him. And then he's going to go on and work Reigns. I, I don't see that at all. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why I'm not as upset as some people seem to be. Um we know this. Um, let's exi- before we get broad. Let, let's just examine um, this match real quick, okay? Um, it was put together seemingly on very short notice. Again, which speaks to the booking issues, right? Yeah. So Meltzer reported, and, and I don't know if this is true, but I have no reason to think that it isn't. That WWE made this decision like forty-eight hours before a Raw. That no, we're doing Goldberg and, and Drew at the Rumble now. We know Goldberg is contracted because I think he said this in interviews for two matches this year. So he, he has to wrestle twice, whether you want him to or not, mm-hmm. he's going to wrestle twice. Um, even before this was put together, I was thinking the rumble may not be a bad spot if you have to use him because you know, Drew and Roman are retaining anyway. So, why not just have Bill put him over there? Because I, I think that actually works better than having Bill work ma- one of those guys at Mania. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, because the issue is you would hope they have something planned for Mania. All right. You would hope. I don't know if they do or what it is, but you would hope. Whereas here, they just didn't have anything. Like, I feel Goldberg getting the spot. Whatever else you want to come up with that they could have done, I don't think is a big deal. I just don't think there is a significant plan B where I'm like so upset that I'm not getting it, especially on the Drew McIntyre side. Yeah. I, I just hope, like you said, it would be atrocious if Goldberg beats him. Yeah. And, you know, our post show on YouTube that night will be crazy if that actually happens. I just don't think it will. Like, I saw some people like, oh, my God. they're Like, to me, I just think Bill's going to do the bit job and, you know. The goal is just to continue to strengthen McIntyre. To be honest with you, if, you know, kind of the fear of Goldberg winning rallies a large segment of fan base around Drew McIntyre, it's probably a good thing. Again, as long as he wins. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Another thing is another reason I have actually no problem with the match is this is a show we're going to have two hour long matches, right? The two rumbles. Mm-hmm. This ain't going more than 10. At about 930 podcasters across this world are going to be thanking Bill Goldberg <laughs> on January. I hope 31st. so. I okay? hope so. They're man. going to be thanking Bill Goldberg <laughs> that it was that we get a short match on a show like this. Oh, man. I hope so, I hope you're right. So, you know, it's funny. You talk about, uh, I want to go back to something you said in your little spiel there about, oh, you know, in the 90s, they didn't talk about old wrestlers like they do now. Well, they kind of did sometimes, but it was always like, oh, look at this. Like, this guy's old. Like, you know, it, it was never like he's better than the current crop of people. You know, like they bring back, uh, I'm trying to think of some people, like uh, something just total, totally like just, random like when they brought back tony atlas okay or rocky johnson Mm -hmm. for the rocky sultan angle i don't know why that's what popped into my head (laughs) for a random thing for at wrestlemania 13 they were at no point were they the announcers trying to get over the fact like or conveying that rocky johnson and tony atlas were more important than the people in the ring yeah even though like rocky at that point sucked and the sultan was terrible like even even as bad as that was, they still didn't drive home the fact. Oh, look at these like better older stars from the past. Such a big problem for the WWE in the present tense is, you know, that the only hierarchy that this promotion is really established is that the legends are better than the current stars. Which is why Drew McIntyre better win. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, you know the the fear is that they're gonna do Roman and Goldberg I just in like a unification match. <laughs> I just don't think that's gonna happen though. I don't like, think I it guess, is either. We'll, we'll talk about our uh, people, our Rumble picks here at the end. Because but. I'll tell you why it goes against like everything WWE does. WWE is like this cookie cutter booking where there's a Raw champion, there's a SmackDown champion. Well, what are they gonna do? Like, look, I I think there should be one quote-unquote world champion, I do. I just don't think WWE is going to do that because what do you do with the Rumble winner then? You're having a Rumble later that night. What's the winner going to do? So it, it to me, that makes no sense, that idea. People are like really losing their minds on Twitter, you know, the night of when Goldberg showed up about that. And I was just like, guys, I don't see this happening at all. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe that's why I, I wasn't as upset is because like the fears that some fans seem to have that Goldberg would win and it's him and Reigns is the main event. I, I just don't buy that at all. I just think that this is a case of it's rumble time. Vince looked at the car, didn't like it and decided to use one of Bill's two dates. And maybe Bill won't be on Mania at all, which I'd be fine with. You know, if they yeah. use him here and then they, you know, wait, you know, six, eight months and use him at the end of the year for his other contracted date, whatever. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. 
The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Let me ask you this. So is uh, Roman Reigns actually going to work Adam Pierce? Or is this a swerve? Look, and, and that's another thing. Okay. <laughs> Biggest, or this is, Royal Rumble is no less than the third most important show of the year, right? You can make yeah. an argument it's the second most important show. Yeah. It, it's kind of 2A, 2B with SummerSlam now, right? They've each have, throughout history, they've taken their turns being the second most important show. I, I'd say they're kind of level mm-hmm. uh, in 2021. Your true world title matches. For this show, again, no less than third most important show of the year. You're bringing back a 54-year-old guy, okay, whose you know peak was in 1998, and the other challenger is Adam Pierce, who is like kind of a de facto commissioner on TV. That okay, look, the audience is down to what it is. So like, probably to be honest, most of your audience does know who Adam Pierce is. Mm-hmm. But like Adam Pierce has done nothing on a national level. And, you know, no disrespect to Adam Pierce, you know what that means. Like this is just sad. Like with a roster this big that you would have currently slated Bill Goldberg and Adam Pierce as your challengers. What is, I mean, that is an indictment of the booking. And <laughs> you don't have one current guy slated for that spot now i know that there's a chance that they pull you know it is a swerve and it's not going to be adam pierce and it's gonna be like owens or whatever but i don't agree with that kind of booking anyway even if it is a swerve i've never agreed with the let's advertise a match that isn't going to happen right i i I hate that booking i don't think it's ever worked maybe one instance where it's worked like i think the first time they did it was when they announced Hogan Flair at WrestleMania 8. And they had no intention of doing it by that point. But yeah. it's, and obviously, look, you know, Roman Pierce is not Hogan Flair. But it's, I, I just don't agree with that either. I mean, that that's, again, just an indictment of the book. That, that's just as bad as what they're doing over on Raw. Well, by the time some of you listen to this, maybe we'll have some answers because SmackDown will air tomorrow yeah. night and we'll see yeah. Yeah, you know, it's so funny, too. Like, <laughs> we were talking about Shinsuke Nakamura, texting about him over the thing. How, like, just out, out of the blue all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. he's on the fringes of a world title shot. And, you know, look, we can all talk about how he's underutilized, right? And, and maybe got a raw and has gotten a raw deal since the NXT call-up. But, like... Again, just like, you know, and some people were like, I, I read a report. Oh, well, you know, Vince McMahon asked the writers, who's underutilized? And we're going to start using them. Again, it's just an indictment. Like, you shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> you should like, know. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just looks really bad. Like, you did yeah. the SmackDown recaps for comic book, and you said this. When was the last time Shinsuke Nakamura won a singles match on television? It's like September. 
I believe. Okay. So <laughs> it speaks to the his ability to still get people to care about him, I guess, mm-hmm. in that gauntlet scenario. But a guy who has not won on television since September should not be someone that the crowd is rallying behind to get a world title shot in January. <laughs> it just shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It's kind of sad that that's the case. And it just, again, speaks to WWE booking, you know, that what happened two, three, four weeks ago, let alone two, three, four months ago, is irrelevant. And the crowd's just like, oh my God, this is something fresh and something, please just give us this. Yeah, he, I mean, he's been in mostly tag team matches, you know, alongside Cesaro. So he's, they've won some matches. But as far as like, yeah, a singles match, his last televised singles victory, September 25th over Grand Metalik on SmackDown. Yeah, Pretty crazy. I, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I, I just, you know, it seems like I'm just ripping WWE to shreds. But I, I don't know, man. The stuff I've watched, particularly on the Raw side the last two weeks, just have me scratch my head for this company. And, you know, it's funny. Because I think it was about, was it two years, three years ago now at this point? Ryan, you shared with me some information, which I'll never forget and never let go. Uh, oh, God, what is this? <laughs> you're like, early oh, you 2018? Know, okay. Yeah, oh, Kyle, you know, some people say you're kind of a bit of a WWE apologist. Oh, yes, yes. Imagine that. <laughs> and people might remember that quote like I do and say, oh, what's happened to Kyle in the last three years? He's just always just ripping WWE. Folks. Three years ago, Justin Joint, Ryan Drosty, and myself were a few months away from heading down to New Orleans to watch WrestleMania. Okay. That show had what was supposed, what we all thought was going to be a transcendent uh, title change with Roman beating Brock Lesnar. That was royally screwed up. It had the return of Daniel Bryan which I know a lot of people, myself in particular, were very fired up over. Mm -hmm. The in-ring debut of Ronda Rousey to what matches that were marketed like almost as dream matches with Charlotte and Asuka and AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm -hmm. Think about all that. And then fast forward to right now. (laughs) What the hell does this company have to even compare to that? And nobody, and I do mean nobody, feels that like the WWE was in peak form in 2018. No. (laughs) Like, think about that. But like the decline over the last like two years has just been jaw-dropping. That card sounds freaking incredible in retrospect. Yes, and and you know, people are going to say, oh, pandemic, it's not fair. I don't think last year's WrestleMania would have been awesome in front of a crowd. I mean, hell, they pulled it off. Okay, a tip of the cap to you, you know, for even getting the show, you know, to air. But, like, what do you have to go to? Even, like, you know, WrestleMania 35, it had the, um, you know, the the history-making moment of, of the women main eventing for the first time. That was a big deal. I just don't know what you have right now in this promotion that can come across as remotely significant. And that is sad. Man, we're, what, a little over two months away from WrestleMania, Ryan? Yeah. Name me one interesting thing that this company has the potential to do based on the television over the last <laughs> six to nine months. 
the the only thing like really drawn my interest is and probably my pick right now and the odds makers have him as the pick is brian winning the rumble and building up brian versus roman i mean that's, i'm glad we went that way because i was it. going to transition to that okay because it's very funny yeah how has daniel bryan been booked over the last six to nine months <laughs> sparingly <laughs> and not well not i remember well. uh was it the tlc post show you gave a passion rant about he's on the pre-show yeah yeah about his yeah. you're like this is daniel bryan one of the great wrestlers a man, you know i mean again i was like so jazzed when he returned i remember like that was one of the last times i watched raw and was like you know like had the the good feels running mm-hmm. through my body and <laughs> you know again with reigns doing what he's doing and bryan being as great as he is you're going to be able to tell a pretty good story there, probably, right? And there's some history. They probably will go back to 2015 and tell that story. But you can't help but feel if Daniel Bryan had been made to feel like a big deal, like the big deal he is, that this could be a big thing. But like when you book a guy, you know, just as a total throwaway for the balance of a year or so. I just don't know. Uh, that doesn't like fire me up that much. I mean, Br- Brian's going to give it his all, I hope. Hmm. And it should be a very good match when they hit the ring. But I-, I just think it's like, oh, yeah, well, we can always go back to Daniel Bryan, even though we've booked him like shit. And, you know, I was yeah. texting with, with our good buddy Liam O'Rourke actually about this, uh, about my frustrations, because I-, I was actually just going off about modern wrestling in general to him. And, and um, he-, he had this great comment. You know, he's written a book, so it's not a surprise should be surprised to anybody uh, that he's a good writer. But he wrote this to me. One of WWE's biggest problems is they've created an environment where they believe no one's value ever changes. And because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, nobody's ever does. But with time and stagnation, everybody naturally means less and less with every passing month. And he's completely correct. Daniel Bryan should mean so much more, especially the idea of him challenging Roman Reigns for the title. But it really doesn't because he's been a mid-carter ever since he lost to Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of his his 2020, like he was in that Intercontinental title tournament doing the stuff, you know, building up Drew Gulak. Uh, <laughs> then he was gone for like five months, yeah. you know, through the summer, which they, you know, he had a, had a child, right, during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly entitled to take the time off. He comes back. Uh, they shot the angle with Jay Uso, you know, taking out his frustrations on Brian, hurting him. Uh, Brian comes back a few weeks later. That was interesting. Uh, but, you know, then pretty quickly, a couple weeks after that, he's in the kickoff show on TLC, which you, which you just mentioned. And uh, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, he's tag teaming with Otis against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. So, I mean, they don't exactly have him, yeah, in the, the, uh, the highest spot on the card. That's for sure. Considering this is a guy that we thought we were never going to see wrestle again. And we got all this bonus time with him that, you know, everything he does should be important. Yeah. If you didn't read the rumors online, you would really have no inkling that Daniel Bryan is a guy who's going to be in the, one of the two world title matches at WrestleMania, in my opinion, just by based off watching television. Mm -hmm. He, He has not been portrayed in that way. He's not a guy who has all this momentum and has been like, you know, the centerpiece of the show. 
So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it almost feels like they've gotten to this point and they're like, oh, fuck, we don't have any ideas. <laughs> it, and it's hard. And it, again, man, I, I, I'm killing them this week even more than I usually do. But I, I feel it's really warranted them meeting WWE. And this speaks, this goes back to the Goldberg discussion. Why I can't even be mad specifically at Goldberg or them bringing him back because my issues with WWE are on such a fundamental level that the individual pushes they give or the individual booking decisions they make are actually immaterial to me because I just disagree with how the promotion books in such a broad sense that to me, you know, if they push someone I don't like, that doesn't even matter anymore. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. Or, you know, if it just, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a, it's a sad time entering 2021 for this promotion. I don't even want to get into that legends show. Oh God. The, um, I, I don't want to get in to the fireballs. That was so bad. Yeah. I mean, why not <laughs> I just, I want to open that bag of worms? <laughs> I mean, why not just drag the carcass of Jerry Lawler onto <laughs> television and urinate on, on him? Because oh. that's what you did. I know our good buddy Derek's listening. I know he's listening. Okay. That fireball spot, I mean, Vince McMahon might as well have just pulled his pants down and taken a giant shit on the city of Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> oh my God. It was an oh, embarrassment. Yeah. That and the, the Keith Lee carrying cross uh, contract thing too. I mean, look, man, I love a good fireball. And I realize you you don't want to have the embarrassment of Hogan Warrior at Halloween Havoc, right? When you can't get the thing going. Or um, what was the other one? There was another one that was like real bad. around. The, oh, Mick Foley and The Undertaker. When they burned Paul Bearer's face, remember? Like they couldn't yeah. get, that was like really mm-hmm. horrible. But come on, man. That shit looks cheesy. Yeah, I think if, to the WrestleMania discussion, the, really the only match, if you go back months that people were pointing to as like a possibility and one that people are excited about was, you know, a possible Roman rock match, which again, it's an old person. I know I was critical of that earlier, but the rock is like still right now, like maybe the biggest acting star in the world. So if you can do that, you have to do it. But at the same time, like it was always obvious that they weren't going to be able to do that at Mania this year because of COVID. And even when Roman came back and he did the heel turn and everyone was like, oh, this is going to turn into like a family thing and he's going to wrestle The Rock. Like nobody thought, you know, go back to whatever, September or something in the aftermath of that. Nobody thought by Mania we'd have a full crowd where you could do Rock. I mean, I think we even said on the show at the time, there's no way they're going to do Rock at WrestleMania because they can't get a full crowd and you can't do that match unless you've got 60,000 people. I mean, that no, that yeah, match was always he, like a year and a half out. Yeah, I mean, The Rock is not going to give you, you know, uh, the friend the friendly discount. Okay, I mean, it costs a lot of money to get yeah. him to wrestle, and yeah, you can't do it in front of a a small or even half crowd. And <laughs> so, yeah, I you mean, know, he's, he is a he's an Attitude Era guy, but he's also still a massive star. So okay. I think that's a little different than Goldberg coming back. Um. Look, I'm not saying, and I don't think you're, and obviously you're never saying, you can't ever bring, to that point, you can't ever bring back stars from the past. I'm not saying that, but like, to be yeah. honest, the problem is how often they do it, right? Yes. It's yes. like, how many Legends Nights have there been? And these Legends Nights, like, I was fascinated by the ratings breakdown Meltzer provided. Did you read that? Mm-mm. Like, who, like, 
who the big games were with, it wasn't old people. It was actually young people hmm. who I guess um, are just curious to see these people that maybe they didn't have a chance with. It was, it was people like way younger than, than us. Mm-hmm. And, and that fascinated me. But it also, it, it kind of got me to thinking about something I was thinking of watching the show. If you're an older fan, like even older than us, okay, and you tune in to see Hogan and Flair, the usage of them is almost offensive. To that yeah. fan base. You know, like the way these legend shows are, it's just like a bunch of old dudes randomly wandering in the hallway and the current guys walk up to them and do an interview and that's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, like, I mean, just like, oh, hey, look, it's some, uh, you're, yeah, hey, oh, hey, it's, you know, whoever. Um, I can't remember the one. There was, was it like with Alicia Fox or God, there, there was one interview that was just so random. And the people, freaking Tatanka. You're not calling him a legend, Kyle? Look, I, hey, like Bill, he had an undefeated streak going for a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't even know how he got on that tangent. The only other thing I want to talk about is Charlotte Flair. All right, I was going to ask if you still wanted to do this or not. <laughs> Kyle, your thoughts on Charlotte Flair as of right now? It's not you like the fault. fact that her father and, and uh, Lacey Evans are doing the thing? I want to be, be amused by it because if maybe if Rick puts some heart into it, it, it'll draw some laughs. But, you know, Meltzer brought this up. Didn't they on their own television establish that Lacey Evans not only has a child, but is married? Yeah. I mean, they showed her child in the front row of a paper. Yeah. I mean, they that. did that. But yeah. I mean, like, did, did they ever establish like. That, they, want, like, they don't want you to pay attention to that. Closely. Okay, like I mean, penalized like, for that. Don't you know re- that by re- now? Remember, remember the <laughs> the Lacey Evans baby face run of twenty yes. twenty. Yes. Like, wasn't like the whole thing that she was like this like great mom and family woman. It was I weird guess how the- they did that though, because like we've always talked about, she has, and it's been talked about a lot that she does have a pretty interesting backstory with her military service and everything, and. It's something that they could lean into and she, you know, could maybe get a pretty good response from the crowd. But like when they turned her baby face, she basically was still the Southern Belle, you know, like that character. It was just like, okay, now she's just a bait, but it didn't make sense. Imagine yes. that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Yeah, she's mean, still I'm, dressed yeah. the same way. She's pretty much acting the same way. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in WWE now, like baby face and heel turns, you can only tell based on who they wrestle. I yeah. feel like these people will turn. But they still like, yeah, they act the same way. It, it's very odd. But back to Charlotte. Okay, speaking of people who seemingly vacillate between babyface and heel a lot. And it's a problem with her. Uh, because, again, I don't think it's her fault. It's just the way she's presented. Charlotte Flair, to me, is the worst main event level babyface for me. Other than WCW era Hogan and Triple H. In terms of people that just annoy me and I don't want to cheer for. Again, it's not her fault. I know she got real fired up at some article that was written um, online mm-hmm. about her. But like the like she's been brought back and she's doing this team with Asuka. It's so obvious that she's the one who's like presented as the star. Yeah. Right? She gets introduced second. She gets the hot tags. And that's whatever, man. It's their prerogative. But like I just find her to be very unlikable as a baby face. And if their big idea to get 
people fired up about Charlotte Flair as a babyface is Ric Flair, her dad, is doing a rival. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. I mean, am I, I, I think the whole queen gimmick and whatever, she's great as a heel. I'm not saying Charlotte Flair, you know, should be, you know, thrown to the scrap heap, anything. But Charlotte Flair is someone who does come across as a star, which is a problem for the most part on this roster. She does. But like Charlotte is like just an awful baby face, you know, like she just comes across as like somebody you don't want to root for. Yeah, she's not she's should not be cast in that role. Yeah. Like, 100%. you know, I mean, what was the problems with those two that I mentioned before? WCW era Hogan and Triple H just like not sympathetic really mm-hmm. at all. Right. And they always yeah. get the best of everyone. And like, you know, they just don't have, they just kind of rub you the wrong way. It's just, I don't know, man, Charlotte Flair is a baby. I, and I was like thinking that even before the Flair, her dad turned on her. I was like watching TV from a couple weeks ago. I was like, God, this Charlotte annoys me as a baby face. So I don't know. She can attack me all she wants, but I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> well, we're big I, Charlotte Flair fans as far I, as her she, in-ring yes, works. It's just not the right. She should turn heel. I mean, yes, it's not she the right should turn heel, and she should probably lose more. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, real, real quickly here, AEW the last couple of weeks has had a couple of you know pretty highly reviewed matches. One I think I liked a lot, but got a lot higher star ratings than I would have given it. But uh, the Ray Phoenix Omega match last week was very good. I think the in the Observer, Dave gave it five stars. I wouldn't go five stars on it. I thought it was a no. really fun match, though. No, I. It was a very good TV World Title match. Yeah, I was astounded when I saw the star rating. Astounded. What would you give that match star wise? We kind of talk about this sometimes. Three and three quarters. Yeah, I'd say like right around four too. I'm usually a little bit higher than you. I yeah. but I'm about there four four and a quarter ish. It was a really fun match, but like we've talked about this before, five star matches should be like just defining moment. Yeah, matches. you're gonna talk about it forever. I mean, yeah. in three months, I, who's gonna remember that match? I, I Meltzer called it the best match in the history of Dynamite. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I liked Cody and Eddie Kingston better. I liked the uh, street fight better with mm-hmm. best friends against Santana and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. That hectic tag. Uh, in the summer, they had on Dynamite. That was a really good one too. Uh, yeah, like Eight Man or something. Yeah, um, you know, talked about on the twenty. That's a twenty twenty yeah, uh, show. Was it six man? I can't remember six. Or no, eight. it was an eight man with, yeah. with the box and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you talked about. But I, I even like you know the six man uh, from the Brody Lee tribute show. Yeah, I like that better. Mm-hmm. To be to be blunt with you, so well, I mean, teach yourself. I mean, you know, it, it's a match. And this is not a criticism of Dave, so don't everyone get you know. We love Uncle sorry. Dave. Okay, uh, but like yeah. it, it's it, it that match is very clearly a match Dave Meltzer will give a higher star rating to than Kyle Loss. Yeah, yeah. And that's not like I'm like saying I'm better. It's just as long as you're consistent and you know you could convey what you like, it's fine. And that is completely. Again, I was kind of shocked. Still five, but like it's a match he's going to give a high rating to. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a fun match. Um, I think you know the Omega stuff is pretty cool. They did the uh, the reunion, the Bullet Club reunion at the end of that show, which got everyone talking. Then this week, uh, you were supposed to have the Elite Wrestling Omega and the Bucks, but instead Omega ditched them and in come the Good Brothers, and they worked 
together, which was entertaining. I liked that. Uh, you know, got some television time there for Brian Pillman Jr., which I'm always a fan of. And then uh, in the main event this week, I thought uh, the Darby Allen Brian Cage match was really good too. Some pretty cool spots. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Allen's always just taking a beating out there. I thought the spot where uh, he came through with the suicide dive and he got caught into the suplex spot where he carried him around. That was awesome. And then, of course, when Cage tossed him through the table on the outside, that was just it, freaking insane. The uh, homage to Mike Awesome Spike Dudley. Yes. I felt like, yes. yes. Uh, also, a really fun one. And I, I just think the overall thing is that less is more. We talk about this on the show all the time. Two hours of dynamite a week. It's easy to keep up with. They got, for the most part, quality television. And, uh, just WWE has just been such a, a chore to get through lately and to keep up with everything. If you want to watch NXT, if you want to watch Raw and SmackDown, you know, you're talking about a seven hour commitment per week right there. That doesn't even take into account the UK show. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I were talking and, and joking about it off air that, you know, when it's placed, when it's time to play catch up for the podcast to make sure you've watched everything. And by the way, we don't even have time to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. And that's a good thing because we haven't even got, I haven't even gotten all the way through it. Same. Um, yep. That's something I'll do with Facebook. I'm, you know, I'll watch all the five big matches and, and I'll, I'll rank them, the ones that everyone loves. And just as a heads up, I'll probably not like them as much as everyone else seems to. But um, <laughs> I guess that's just par for the course uh, in, in 2021 with me and wrestling. But, um, you know, AEW, I think one of the big things to walk for me is you've got a pay-per-view six weeks away and there's really no clear direction for that pay-per-view yet. I think that's odd. Um, as much as the TV has been good, that's something, you know, there's directions they could go in. They've teased a lot of stuff, but uh, for me, that's where I'm at with AEW is where are they going for that revolution pay-per-view? Because um, they've Moxley got a lot Omega of moving is pieces. pretty obvious, but outside of yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. You're right. They'll probably do the big rematch there. But um, outside of that, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, who's going to be in the tag title match? Who's going to be in the TNT title match? We don't know. So It, it is interesting what they're doing with the Bucks and Kenny. Because it's pretty clear to me that the Bucks are going to wrestle Gallows and Anderson at one point, mm-hmm. and that you know, like that's a kind of a relationship that who knows when it'll break down, but it will. Um, so that that that's something to monitor. Um, but well, yeah, I can see I'm uh, doing that at Revolution just because you got Omega working the Impact pay per view, and there's your payback. You know, like right sure. after that at Revolution, I probably will do that actually. Yeah, so um, I just think that's something to monitor moving forward. I, I did think that, you know, the last three weeks of TV uh, have been pretty good. And, um, you know, including obviously the Brody Lee tribute was, was just an all-timer. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. What, you know, you, it, it's a show that you wish didn't happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it also was something that, that I, I don't think could have been possibly done any better. A new standard, uh, quite frankly, for tribute shows uh, in this industry. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I think uh, that main event was very good. I've really liked Eddie Kingston and Pac, too. Um, it, it speaks to their booking that they're able to put together those Road 2 specials on YouTube for mm-hmm. their TV. Yeah. You know, um, again, and there's a lot of callbacks uh, throughout in AEW to things. It, it, it's one company invests in long-term booking whereas the other does not. And that's, I think, maybe what I want to put a bow on this entire show with. You know, people ask, oh, how could WWE get better? They're not going to get better until there's an investment in long-term booking. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. 
Well said. As of right now, as, as the year begins, yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. AEW Weekly is is my must watch, and then with WWE, I'm usually kind of kind of playing catch up. I, I always watch SmackDown because I'm covering it for Comic Book, but outside of that, it's it's trying to catch up with Raw and trying to catch up with NXT. But AEW is just it's such a tight show once a week, and right now, they're just the best product out there. It just feels newer too. Like, what was the main event on Raw this past week? This is not a trick question, by the way. I know what the answer was, and I assume you do as well. Yeah, and, Triple you know, H versus Randy Orton. So if you've got and if, I'm not being paid for this, okay, you know, uh, I'll, but I'll do this. I'll give a shout out. If you have a subscription to F4W Online, shout out to our good buddy Garrett, by the way, um, you should check out the new back issue they posted over there. They, every week they post a new back issue. It's, it's one, of, one of the first weeks of 2004 is where they're at. And Dave took a look at that time at – what needs to be done to rebuild the WWE's fading popularity? I implore you, if you have a subscription to that website, to go back and read that headline story today because it is so jaw-dropping to read what he was saying in 2004 with 2021 eyes. Hmm. Interesting. I like that T is off to go back because I haven't read yeah. it since 2004. Yeah. Very good. All right, well... This was our, our catching up on 2021 show and uh, called did, it in the ring. We called it in the ring. We did. We kind of put this uh, the show notes together at the last minute, got this show recorded. Like I said, shifting schedule. So Justin couldn't join us, but he'll be back next week and uh, we'll be back with another show next week as we get closer to the 2021 Royal Rumble. Guys, we'll be seeing you over on the Facebook group. Join us for the discussion. Go facebook.com, search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Droste, that's D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle's at TRP Kyle. The show, at Top Rope Nation, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then Justin Joint, throw him the shout out, at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T. Thanks to the sponsors of the show. Thanks to Blue Wire for bringing you episode 191. See you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Peace.